Paul, to give you a little background here, was the first missionary, if you will, to the Gentiles. He was raised Jewish. He was a very zealous Jewish man to the point that even after Christ was in heaven, he was going around persecuting the church uh, in such a way that, that the Christians would, would flee, would run from him because he would arrest them and, and take them before uh, the Sanhedrin. So he had a conversion experience on the road to Damascus where he had a conversation with Christ and his life was turned around and his name went from Saul to Paul and then God commissioned him to take this glorious gospel to the Gentiles, which is most of us. All right, and rather than it, rather than the gospel just being a Jewish thing and God's relationship with mankind just being a Jewish thing, it became the whole world, the the whosoever, right? And so Paul began going on these things we now call missionary journeys, where he would plan out a trip and go throughout the Mediterranean, and then he was planting churches wherever he would go. One of the first churches that he planted on his first missionary journey was in the city of Thessalonica, and he was only able to be there for a short period of time, and he moved on, and yet it was a very dear church to his heart. So he writes back to them in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And of course, there's a 2 Thessalonians, which means there was a second letter that he wrote to them. And in this book of 1 Thessalonians, he mentions to them about the investment that they have made in their life. And if you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says this, and as you know, how we exhorted, I love that word, That word exhorted means to walk alongside, to encourage, all right, and to instruct. So we exhorted you and we comforted you, and that means to console. I love this, to sit beside, and then the Greek even says to touch. Like we we were here for you. All right, so we have spent time with you. We We have exhorted you, we have comforted you, and then we have charged you. We inspired you. We're going to hold you accountable for the things that you've learned. And I love this analogy, as a father does his children. I love that. And then in verse 12, to this end, the word that, right? So we have exhorted and comforted and charged. So you think about the, 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 the graduates that we had up on the platform, right? All of this investment in their life. The million miles that you put on your car. Going to tournaments. And practices. I wish it was deductible. Okay, thanks. Appreciate that. See Rob after the service. All of this investment that you make and the heartache that's associated and, the, and just the, 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 the investment that you make emotionally and all of the hours and, and, I mean, so as a father does his children. And then Paul says that, so to this end, all right, this is why we have done all of that, that you would walk worthy of God. What does that even mean? But that sounds important, right? What is that? How do I walk worthy of God who has called you to his kingdom and glory? Paul is saying, I've invested in you heavily. 
We've encouraged you and we've comforted you and we've challenged you because we want you to live a life and walk a life that is worthy of God. So where do you start with this, right? So, so worthy of God, like walking worthy. And these two words we're going to take a look at here, walk and then worthy. And what I want to try to do is, is wrap my brain and wrap our brains around what this looks like practically for the believer. So the first word here is the word walk. And you think, gosh, okay, Eric, it means walk, right? So well, this word walk in the Greek is the word parapateo. It's actually two different Greek words. And I love the, the connotation here because it means to make our way. It means to make use of opportunities. But I, this is one thing I didn't expect. It means to go here and there with intention. So it's not like you're going point A, point B. No, point A and then point B may be over here and point C might be over here because that's the word para. It means around. So the idea is to walk here and, and take care of business here. And then you walk over here and you take care of business over here. And that seems to indicate to me that the Christian life is not as straightforward as we like to think. Like there is, there is this almost roaming around idea to it. Like, we're going to work on this over here, and then we got to work on this over here. And, and this journey of life happens step by step as we take care of business in different areas of our life, not necessarily a straight line. Paul uses this verbiage of walking 12 times in his letters to the churches that he started. Paul used the same wording to the church at Colossae in our book in the Bible called Colossians. In chapter 2, verse 6, he says this, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. So the idea is, same word, peripateo. There was a group of individuals who had come in and were influencing the church, trying to get these new believers to become Jewish in their behavior because they were of the understanding that you know, this new gospel was for people who acted like Jewish people. And by the way, sometimes what the gospel means to somebody and the way they behave may not be the same way as it means to you because we all have different experiences and different backgrounds and all of that. So we said, but as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. And so the idea is like, what does that even mean? What, how do we walk? In him. And then, furthermore, how do we walk worthy of him? Ray Steadman said this. He said, Walking consists of two simple steps repeated over and over again. It's not a complicated thing, it's the same way the Christian life is. It's a matter of taking two steps, one step after another and repeating it over and over again, and now you're beginning to walk. So here's the thing. What are the two steps? There's probably several answers for this, but I love what Stedman said here because in chapter 3 of Colossians, the next chapter here, he gives us two steps for the believer. In verses 9 and 10 of chapter 3, he says you have to put off the old man and then put on the new man. Put off the old man, put on the new man. Two steps. 
Put off the old man, put on the new man. So if you would give me a little bit of allowance here, what I'm trying to say is that walking in the Christian life is going here and then there, and in this area of my life, I am taking off the old man and putting on the new man. Just as I received Christ Jesus the Lord, right? When I came to Christ, I came to him because I couldn't save myself. I had to take off the old me who I was and put on the new him who I now am. Take off the old man, put on the new man. And then as I go throughout my life, I realize, you know what? I still, even though I believe in Christ, and even though I consider myself a follower of him, and even though I have a relationship with him, I still get angry when I drive. A little bit. A little bit. It's just, it comes out in me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine unless you stay in the left-hand lane. That's for passing only, by the way. And there's just like certain things that God still works. And I only use that illustration a lot because I don't want you to know all the other crap I deal with. Because <laughs> we all got stuff, right? I mean, it just, we all got stuff. But, but it's like, so we have, we all got stuff that we're working on. And there, are, there, is, there is stuff in my life that I need to take off the old man and put on the new man. Those are two steps. Take off the old man, put on the new man. Now I'm walking, and I'm going to take care of business over here. And then, oh, there's this area over here. So I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to take two steps. I'm going to take off the old man, and I'm going to put on the new man and keep repeating that as I'm walking through the Christian life. Putting off the old man, putting on the new man, and repeating. This is walking in Christ. It's not perfection. It is progress. It's yieldedness. It's obedience. It's growth. It's going here and there. Parapateo. It's going here and there, taking care of problems. It's changing what we do and how we do them and why we do them. It's trying to reflect the character of God in our lives so that we bring honor to him in every area of our lives. So we don't cheat on taxes. We don't rip somebody off on a deal and hope they don't notice. We honor our spouse. We love our children well. We honor our employee, our employer, or our employees. We just become Christ in that situation. We honor Christ by the life that we live in that situation. It's a tall order, right? I mean, it's reflecting the character of God and honoring him in what I do. That's a tall order. But here's the good news. We have to walk, but we don't have to walk alone. We have the help. We have to walk, but we don't necessarily have to walk alone. George MacDonald said this, God will help us when we cannot walk. And he said, and he will help us when we find it hard to walk. And then he said this, but he cannot help us if we will not walk. And here's the thing, right? 
many of us aren't even trying to walk. It's like we got saved, and we came to know Christ, and we're glad that we're going to heaven, but there's been no change in how we conduct ourselves. Like Christ really has no impact on how we talk, how we live, how we treat people, in our honesty. And it's like, we're, we're okay staying in a car seat. Some of you got that bald spot rubbed in the back of your head because you spent your entire Christian life living in a car seat, never getting up and trying to walk and taking a couple steps and asking for God's help in this area of your life to put off the old man and put on the new. You see what I'm saying? It's like walking is a big thing. And if you're a 15-year-old Christian and you're still in the car seat, something's wrong. They don't even make them that big. Right? At some point, we realize as a parent, something is not right with my child. They aren't walking. And at some point, I don't know what the age is, but at some point you start getting concerned. And folks, my, my question is this, how long have you known Christ? How long has he been a part of your life? And then what difference is he making? Like, what steps are there? Where where in your life have you taken off the old man and put on the new man? Or are we just business as usual? Like, Like, here's how everybody else is living, and you have Jesus living inside of you, so you live like this. Like, just barely above that. Because that's good enough. Because you're going to heaven, that's good enough. That's not why we're here. I want to continue this next week, but the idea that that Jesus Christ promised us (laughs) that after he goes to heaven, we can do greater works than he did while he was here on earth. What? How's that working out for you? We shouldn't just be C plus, just above average. Man, as we are walking, putting off, putting on, putting off, and putting on, and roaming around, and taking care of business, and growing in Christ, there ought to be a significant difference in our lives and the effect it has on the kingdom of God. Not just a little bit, but significant. Walking. Two steps, putting off, putting on, and repeat. That's the word walk. Aren't you glad I'm not parsing out the whole verse? Just two words. We'd be here till 3 o'clock. Of course, then Cracker Barrel would be empty. You wouldn't be there with all those weird Christians. (laughs) You get to be here with all the weird Christians. I don't know. So that's the walking part. And then the second word here is the word worthy. And this is the one that, man, I was thinking, whew. All right, so I'm supposed to walk worthy of God, right? Okay, so I get walking, putting on, putting off, repeat, putting on, putting off. All right, I get, I get that. Worthy is the word axios. And it has this idea of suitable or balancing the scale. Now, another, another way to put this would be like, you know, you have, you have earned your day's wage, Right? 
You have put in a hard day's work, and you have made every dollar your, employee, your employer pays you. Like you have earned that paycheck. That's worthy. All right, you, you're walking worth. You have worked worthily. That's the idea of the word axios. So as I'm looking into this, here's the best illustration I saw. So you have Christ living in you. All right, so you have this, you have this scale. And you have Christ in you. And then you have my walk, right? So the question is, worthy is the amount of Christ that I have in me, is that evidenced in my walk for him? That's worthy. That's a balanced scale. I hope that makes sense. Because it's all Jesus anyway. Any good that's in me is all Jesus anyway. But if, if you have Christ living in you, a worthy walk is that Christ is incredibly evident in what you do in your walk. That is my walk balancing the scale of how much of Jesus I have in me. This is big stuff. My walk, here's, here, here's what it is. My walk should be worthy of the Christ who lives in me. Worthy, balanced, suitable. My walk should balance out how much of Jesus I have living inside of me. How in the world, Eric, can I balance that scale? Jesus is perfect. How in the world can he influence my life enough to balance the scale in how I'm living? While Jesus was on earth, he had this great illustration about about the vine and the branches. And he said this in John chapter 15. He said, abide in me. That word abide is not as complicated as you think. It just means to remain to spend time in or with. So abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tie this into walking in just a second. So the idea here is if Christ is in me, uh, what keeps me from allowing Christ in me to affect my walk is how much abiding I am doing. Because if I am abiding in Christ and he is affecting my life, then my walk will begin to kind of look like the Christ that lives inside of me. John wrote three books in the New Testament. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And he says this in John chapter 2, verse 6. He that says he abides in him, Jesus, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Did that just connect the dots or what? So if I'm going to abide in Christ and I'm going to say that I'm going to walk one step after another, put off, put on, then I have to be abiding if I'm going to walk like he walks. We can stop right there, but I have like another half a page to go. 
Because the truth is that if we want our scales to balance and, and the Christ in me to be so evidenced in my walk that it looks like it's balanced, then I have to be abiding and spending time with the one that I'm trying to imitate my walk with. So here's the question. Does the life that I live reflect the one living inside me? Am I conducting myself in a manner worthy of God? Do I live honestly? Do I love well? Am I kind? Do I make a difference? Am I furthering the kingdom of God on this earth? Let me tell you, you cannot spend time with Christ on a consistent basis and it not affect how you behave. So here's just a few things that are a little bit practical that's just kind of like, all right, so, so, so what, Eric, right? So what do we do with this? First of all, check your relationship status. So do you know Jesus? Are we just playing church here this morning, or do we know Jesus? Because if we have Christ in us, it makes a difference. Check your relationship status. You say, Eric, it's complicated. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's not my favorite thing on Facebook. It's complicated. All right. It makes you like, okay, what? Tell me more. So it's complicated. And I get it. Some of us are complicated, all right? But that's where we'd love to have a conversation, all right? We don't know everything going on in your life. Don't walk out of here the same way as you came in with the same questions that you had. And you're here. What better place to find out more, to have, to have a conversation? What better place than here? So check your relationship status. Do you know him? Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. How about this? Whosoever. <laughs> I love that word. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not 50-50. Not pretty good chance. No, you shall be. So it whosoever is everybody, right? That's everybody. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Check your relationship status. Don't leave here this morning without making sure that Christ is in you. The second thing is take the time to get to know Jesus. I mean, that, I don't know how else to say it. Just spend time getting to know Jesus, abiding. Let me tell you, this is not a church thing. It's a relationship thing. It's not a Baptist thing, Methodist thing, Pentecostal thing. It's a relationship thing. And it takes time to get to know Jesus. Have conversations with him daily. Read his word daily. Eric, I don't even know where to begin. I love that. I had a, I had a conversation with someone a week ago. Eric, I don't even know where to start. I, and I, I, you know, I sent her the podcast that I listened to. 
I love daily audio Bible. It's just something that I can take in. It, t- it sounds like a story being read to you. I love it. And then I said, you know, begin reading in the book of John. I think it's a beautiful way to learn more about Christ. And if we're trying to imitate him and have him influence our life, I think the book of John is a great place to look at the life that Christ lives. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are called the Gospels because they all tell the same story a different way. It's about the life that Jesus Christ lived here on earth. And if you want to get to know Jesus, then read about him. Not just what he did, but why he did it. Get to know who he is so he can begin to affect how we interact with each other and affect the kingdom. You know, Melissa and I, we don't spend every day together. Like, I'm not saying we're like separated. But we text a lot. We give each other a call several times a day. But it's like we have this connection that even if we are not with each other, we're still communicating. And then, like, you know, as often as we can, we try to get away and just spend a couple hours together. And we just, so if this relationship with Christ is something that you're trying to develop, could I just encourage you throughout the day to be reaching out to Jesus? And then several times a week, you just need to spend some time with him, like just you and him. Regular check-ins. I mean, how else do you get to know somebody? Spend the time with them. Check your relationship status, spend the time to get to know Jesus, and then start walking. Two steps at a time. Just start walking. Are you even trying to walk? Hey, Bob, if this is all you're getting out of your Christian life, you are just really missing out. I mean, I love our church, and I love what we do here. I love the music. I really love the preaching. I love, I love the time in the foyer and howdying with people, and, and I love what God is doing here. I love all of that. But if this is all you're getting, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's like the penguin poop on top of the iceberg. I have no idea where that just came from, all right? It just, it's just there. So it's like, this is like not even close to what there is to the Christian life because we're all imperfect people. And we do things wrong here. And we mess up and we don't do the right thing. And sometimes we forget stuff. And I mean, it, it just this is not what it all is supposed to look like because we're not in heaven yet. But take it further than this right here, right? Get to know him. Start walking. And go to that first thing <laughs> that just came to your mind that you need to take off the old man and put on the new. Whatever that is. What's the first thing that just came to your mind? Don't tell me. The first thing that you're struggling with. What does Christ say about that? What would God have you do? What would bring him honor? What would, what would walking worthy look like in that situation? Are you abiding in Christ? Are we imitating his behavior? Are we reflecting his likeness to people around us? Stop doing things the way you've always done it and start doing things the way you know Christ would have you do them. That's putting off and putting on. Walking worthy. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where you're going to get to the place where you finally get it all figured out. (laughs) When you die. And you get to heaven. 
And you'd be like, oh, okay, all right, all right. So it's like, don't think that any of us have it all figured out. We're all just in a different part of the same journey. Yours looks different than mine, but we're all taking those steps, and we're going to Christ. Walk worthy. Walk worthy of God. We're not doing all of this. We're not putting all this effort into it, comforting and exhorting. We're not doing all of this so you stay in the car seat. We're doing all of this so you'll take those first uncertain steps and change your life forever and affect the lives of those around you and become a contributing member of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we are overwhelmed sometimes with this Christian life. There is, it just seems like we just have got so much to work on. But we got our whole life. But this relationship that we enjoy, help it to be something that we are walking with you through. And that this relationship that we enjoy with you is one that helps us become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.